In this sit down, I stand on all views, statements, and insight provided. If I can't stand on it, I would not speak on it. Let's get into it. Like I say, a man of many hats, but ain't none of them cap. Again, don't let that go over your soul in. Hopefully everybody had a great week. This week has been great for me. Um, Had a good time talking with some amazing people, having some amazing conversations. I got a great show lined up for y'all tonight. We're going to talk about a lot of subjects. Um, Well, two particular subjects, really. That may touch some of y'all the wrong way, but again, whatever I talk about, I can stand on it. No in-studio guest tonight, but I will be having a phone guest that I'll be calling up a little later. Um, So the first thing we're going to get into, we're going to talk about what we have here when it becomes truth. So Vladimir Lenin, he made a quote that said, a lie told often enough becomes the truth let me repeat that a lie told often enough becomes the truth so i want to share a little video clip with you before i get into tonight's topic first topic about how we need to make sure that we're being truthful that way we can have the best impact on the youth because right now the youth are Definitely uh, misled. So we want to make sure we're having the best impact on you. Here we go. We can only really be happy, truly happy, when we live in total integrity with ourselves, when we're really open and honest and transparent. And this is because we human beings need the truth like we need food. And we are starving for the truth. Mm. We human beings need the truth like we need food and we are starving for the truth. So I'm going to feed y'all in this week's unpopular fact. Um, You know, that's one of our segments that we start off with. Started off last week with the unpopular fact. So this week's unpopular fact, I'm going to peel back two layers. Okay. so the first one, um, by the way, this episode, I told y'all drinks of choice. On the Stand On It podcast, we have wine, we have water, we have coffee, and we have tea. Tonight, I'm drinking some premium 100% grade A Colombian coffee with a splash of almond milk, just in case anyone was wondering. All right, so back to the uh, the business at hand. So we're going to talk about an unpopular fact. So if you're on social media, you know Drake just celebrated his 35th birthday. Shout out, Drake. I did that to buy me some time to take a sip of my beverage. But anyway, so Drake put up 
um, a story that he had of one of the gifts he received for his 35th birthday, which was a phantom. So you may say, well, this is not that big of a deal because Drake has a lot of money and I'm sure Drake has several phantoms. Well, here's why it's a big deal. Back in 2007, um, Drake put up the post saying that he finessed. These were his words. He said, we finessed this Rolls Royce Phantom rental to convince people in the city we were destined to make it. He talked about how he scraped up $5,000 however he could to make the payment on the Phantom every month. Um, no matter what he had to do, he made sure he had that $5,000 because he was not going to make people uh, think that he was not going to be able to have this car. Now, Drake has spent that since then to to use it and say it was manifestation and motivation. OK, so however you want to spend it is cool. But why do I bring this up? So just imagine the people looking at that. And this has nothing to do solely with Drake. Think of all the kids who are looking at other people online, posting rented cars, posing in front of other people's cars, holding up other people's money, wearing other people's jewelry. And they're thinking that this is the lifestyle this person is truly living. Now, now nobody is going to argue the fact Drake is paid. Um, and, and he's one of the hottest artists in the world. Nobody can argue that fact. But if you go back to then, whether he used it as motivation or not, um, who knows if that's the real story. If it is, it's a great story. But the Phantom that he used to rent back then, uh, the person that he used to get to rent it for him, went ahead and gifted him that exact same car for his birthday. Again, kids. Be careful with what you're seeing on social media, because um, one of the things that uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, social media is one of the leading causes of depression for kids between the ages of 13 to 16, because they're seeing the stuff on there. They're wanting the lifestyle that they think these uh, uh, celebrities were either born into or just living on a daily basis. Uh, and a lot of them are not. Even if you look at some celebrities, just pay close attention. They may pay, post a, a killer outfit. Maybe they spent two, $3,000 on an outfit, and that's light. But you may not see them post for a couple more days, maybe even weeks. It ain't that they just so busy. They don't have money anymore to get another outfit right now. So they got to grind to get another outfit. Then when they get that, they'll come back on the ground with it. So really look into it. Here's the biggest one I want to talk about. So I have nephews who are, who are huge Lil Durk fans. Um, I'm not a, a Lil Durk fan of the present Durk. I like the Durk when he first came out. The this ain't what you want. Um, the grimy, gritty Chicago Durk filming the video out in the cold, in the hood. That's the Durk I like. Um, this Durk here, I'm not really a fan of him. Hey, he got his hustle. He did what he did. Um, and he's one of the biggest artists again right now, one of the most popular popping artists in the hip hop culture. But let me tell you something. So, and I've heard people speak on it and, and boy, Dirk is so real. And, you know, he one of the realest artists out right now. You, you may wonder, well, what are you talking about? I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Dirk had a thing. Uh, to where supposedly he lives on this golf course. Um, some people uh, 
ran into his home trying to kill him. And supposedly, him and his girlfriend got into a shootout with the people who came in to kill him. And you may say, well, if someone came in, I'd do the same. He was protecting his home. Absolutely. So would I. I would protect my home. I would protect my lady. But, again, I want to give you a little backstory on something. Don't fall for the okie doke. And this is not opinion. We're dealing with facts. And I know to all the little Dirk fans and all of you who think you're in the know on hip-hop culture, this is an unpopular fact. Back in February 5th, 2019, Lil Dirk and King Von, King Von has since been deceased, um, but they were outside and caught on camera allegedly uh, shooting a man outside of a nightclub in Atlanta. So Dirk turned himself in um, for that, that shooting, uh, found out he had a warrant and turned himself in. Dirk was granted bail uh, back in June 2019, June 20th, 2019, he was given bail. Stipulations of Dirk's bail was $250,000 bond, an ankle monitor, and to follow a curfew where he could not leave between the hours of 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. In addition, he couldn't possess, own, or be near any weapon. Let that sink in for a minute. Had to take another sip of Joe. But he couldn't possess, own, or be near any weapon. Right? So if any of you um, have been involved in any kind of street business, you've been around anybody who's been involved in any kind of street business, you understand probation, parole stipulations. You understand all of that. Um, from drug screenings, uh, where you got to get drug tests, all of that. Where you got to go visit your probation officer I had to go to Greenwood Every week to visit my probation officer And pay her um, And take a urine sample um, So I'm very familiar with the process uh, And guess what else I cannot possess a firearm So very very familiar with that So you mean to tell me um, This individual Is out on bond For it's either murder or attempted murder, allegedly. I don't know what the specific charge was. Really didn't care. I know they said they had him on camera shooting somebody. Um, and nobody is questioning, hey, I thought he couldn't possess ammunition, own a firearm, or any of that. Uh, as soon as I heard the story, I'm like, well, that's bogus. You know, that didn't happen like that. That's just the media trying to drive a narrative to one of the, the hottest artists right now. And they're like, oh, Dirk out here with the smoke adding to his resume. I guarantee that didn't happen like that. And then they said it was ATF that was investigating it and the FBI. And then they came back and said no charges will be filed. I know somebody who violated probation by having ammunition, not a gun. Ammunition got violated and sent back in for the remainder of their two-year sentence just for having ammunition. So you got the ATF and the FBI investigating the incident that happened in his home. And they said they even named the kind of gun he, him and his girlfriend were shooting. Um, and some might say, well, maybe he didn't do the shooting. Maybe his girl did the shooting. The stipulations of his parole, and again, this is facts. You can look it up. It's an open document. 
can't be near, possess, or own a gun or ammunition. I say all that to say we have to do a better job of not only policing what we allow ourselves to get engaged in and to just take it as law and look, oh, yeah. And again, I've heard people, and first of all, uh it comes a statute of limitations with age. When you're a certain age, you shouldn't be looking up to uh, Lil Dirk and thinking he's this tough guy. Like, come on, uh, you got to do better with that on your own. Like, you really need to examine yourself if you're 30 and up and Lil Dirk is a hero to you for shooting someone allegedly that came into his home. Um, you really got to look into see what's going on with that. But on top of all of that, we have to police the youth um because the youth right now are so vulnerable they're impressionable um the music is driving them and anything the media puts out they're latching on to it you know um you really got to look at things and study things and we got a new segment that i'm gonna hop into here where it's talking about hey we need to pull the curtain back like why are we just so Focused in on just taking what we're given initially. Like, don't be scared to pull that curtain back and really see things for what they are because, you know, Drake, he admitted it. I give Drake props for that. Yeah, he was finessing that, that Rolls Royce. That wasn't his, you know. Um, and he's he's finessed it into being one of the biggest artists today. Um, I think the little Dirk story, I think that was a finesse move. And it's finessed him into being what they're calling now the term uh, industry plant and being one of the biggest artists today. But adults and uh, really the adults, it rests on our shoulders. Do a, a better job of educating all the youth you come in contact with on this particular subject. Every young person that I come in contact with, and when I talk young, I'm talking uh, 25 and below. Like, once you hit 25, you should really start to have, like, an idea of what's going on. But 25 and below, you know, I'm encouraging them, don't don't fall for the okey-doke. Because the media is so full of BS right now on the stuff that it's pushing, the narrative that it's talking about. And so we want to do a better job of really filtering through that because it's not really what it seems. All right, so... Enough on that, the unpopular fact. We're going to hop right on in. This is a perfect transition into our new uh, category that we have, our new segment. And this segment is called Pull Back the Curtain. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Mm, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. If you are, uh, are familiar with that snippet, that came from the movie The Wizard of Oz. Um, so pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, but I want you to pay attention to that man and anything else behind that curtain. So my homeboy posted on Facebook the other day, pardon me. Um, if you remember the hot topic lately has been about, uh, what Dave Chappelle was talking about, um, especially when it came to the transgender community. Um, and some people had differences of opinion um, That is jokes You know um, Jokes of Some people say it's jokes Some people say it's going too far My homeboy is of the opinion that it's going too far And this is from my homeboy who is a Well he was a huge Dave Chappelle fan 
Um, but he has since lost some of his fandom for Dave Chappelle. Um, and he posted, he reposted this article that said a uh, transgender uh, man shot and killed in Mississippi. And then he captured with, he, he added his comment that said, uh, this is when it's more than, than just jokes. Normally, I just scroll by stuff like that and keep minding my business. But something uh, would not allow me to do that in this particular instance. So I pulled up the article, and that was the, the caption, uh, Transgender Man Killed in Mississippi. I'm like, okay. So the article really didn't have too much in it. It was posted on Facebook, of course. So I was like, let me research this. I researched the article. Come to find out, uh, after the investigation, there was no evidence that this was a hate crime and that this individual was killed for being a transgender. And so my homeboy put it up there like, see, this is when it's more than just jokes. Trying to say that transgender people are having a hard time. And as a result, this individual was killed for his choice. Again, I want to let you know this, and I've said it on, you, you've probably heard previous podcasts I've been on before I started this one. How people choose to live their lives has nothing to do with me. Um, if you ask my opinion on that, I will give you my opinion on that. Um, but what I, the way I look at it, the way they choose to live their lives, whatever they choose to do, that's completely between them. Um, it's not going to stop how I live my everyday life. Um, it's not for me to judge them. Um, it, it, none of that. So let's be clear on that. But what I would say is, again, this goes back to the media. So I responded. I said, uh, hey, I, I share with him the facts. Hey, this was not found to be a hate crime. Um, and I said, why even put out there like, what difference does it make? It's like the whole Superman thing right now where they're saying Superman's bisexual. What difference does it make? Why why, is, why do we even have to put that out there? Like, why couldn't it just say man killed in Mississippi? Why do they have to say trans man killed in Mississippi? And I told him I feel like they did that to push a narrative. Like, okay, transgender people are being targeted. In some areas, that may be the case. But again, we have to pull back the curtain and just not take face value what we're hearing. And definitely has been proven we can't even take face value on what we're seeing anymore. We got to even be more in tune with that. It used to be believe half of what you hear and believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. Now it's believe none of what you hear, none of what you see. Don't believe none of it. Do your own research because it can be augmented to look like something that is really not. And he got kind of, he didn't like what I said to him because his thing was, uh, where did, when did I say that uh, it was a hate crime? I said, I'm not saying that you said it was a hate crime. But what I'm saying is, think about this. If a black kid, and we've seen these black kids have gotten shot, and before any investigation is done, it'll say black teenager murdered in potential gang-related shooting. 
There has been no investigation, none of that. This is just a narrative that's thrown out there. And without the proper research, people go back and say, oh, these gang members killing each other. And most of the time, that might be what it is. But then again, it could potentially be this wasn't gang related at all. These were kids who were playing with guns and somebody got killed. But it's that narrative that's being pushed. And I told him, I was like, even when they do that and they investigate and they find out that it wasn't gang related, how many times do you think they come back and clean the news article up? They don't. They just let it stay out there. They don't come back and say, oh, we did an investigation. It wasn't gang related. I've never seen a headline that said after further investigation, there was not a gang related shooting. It was just a random shooting of a black kid. You you don't see that. And so uh, he was like, no, um, it's, it's sad that we live in a world where people got to hide who they are um, and it scares them. To, to really live in them their true selves because of stuff like this. And I didn't respond again because I already saw where this was going. But I'm like, stuff like what? Like, how can you say that people are scared to live in their truth because a black man was murdered and it had nothing to do with him being transgender? Nothing at all. He was just murdered. They said it was a random act. It was something between him and another man. He was murdered. The investigation showed it was nothing related to his sexual preference or orientation. You know, so how is that making somebody scared? And I told him, um, well, I stopped responding. But what I would have said if I would have responded again, you just proved my point. You just, the media is to instill fear. That's it. To instill fear is there to cause a divide um, with people to where, you know, uh, nobody can get along. Like, I hate this person, this person hates me. And nine times out of ten, it's not even like that, you know. And I have to admit, I was one of those individuals. Oh, well, it was on CNN. Oh, yeah, nah, they put that on Instagram or it was on Facebook. Nah. I got to go find the facts. You got to show me the facts. I got to read on it. I got to research it before I believe it. And even then, you know, I'm still going to meditate and think on it because it's probably tied to something else that they still trying to drive a narrative on. So I say that to say in this uh, segment, in this week's um, pull back the curtain, don't hesitate to do that. Do not hesitate because think of how many people saw that post. Not just from my homeboy posting it, but how many people saw that headline and was like, dang, you know, this is why Dave Chappelle don't need to make these kind of jokes. Like, people are really losing their lives. You know what I'm saying? And it's just not the case. They all were too kind, too kind, too kind. All right, so we're going to keep this thing rolling right along as we get ready to segue into me calling up this week's guest. Um, but before I do that, I want to start with this disclaimer. Anybody that knows me knows I've dated plenty of white women. All right, so <laughs> we go, we go let y'all start with that. So... Anybody who knows me, you know what it is. Like, I, I'm not discriminating on this. But what made me come up with this, um, 
I was in the barbershop a couple weeks back in the barbershop. Um, and I'm in my braiders uh, room getting my hair done. And it's this 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 man in there, and I mean he's just talking. This brother is like just talking like he the second coming of Malcolm X. I mean, just going in like, brothers, we got to unite. We got to do this, 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 and this. I mean, he's just popping everything, dropping all kind of knowledge. And, you know, um, I mean, I, I it was just unbelievable. Like, and it was cool. Like, he, he was just really spilling out some facts and stuff. And, and he was really sounding like he was for the cause. So I'm like, okay. So he continues talking. I'm still there, get my hair did. But he continues going. So I'm like, huh, let me look out here and see what this guy got going on. Like, you know, how's he carrying himself? Like, what's his gestures like? Like, you know, what, what's it? Let me look at his body language to see if his body language is really matching all this rah rah. Because the way my braider's booth is, she has her own room. So her door was like cracked, but kind of not. All the way open And he was standing Kind of like At an angle So I couldn't really Like see him All the way So Pardon me Um I had to go out there And, and check and investigate So As I peek out of the door It was to my surprise This individual Uh Was holding A, a mixed baby yeah, he was he was holding a mixed baby. So, and again, there's nothing wrong with this at all. I don't I don't want people to take what I'm saying like there's something wrong with this. There's not. If if he has an interracial baby, that's cool. Um, hey, I, I don't I don't have any issue with that. The issue I had was he was acting like just so. Uh, this is who I am. This is what I do. And I'm like, man, you screaming all this black power, but you in here with an interracial baby. So I started doing some research on it, and one thing I came across was there is a uh, a show that's called uh, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, and it's hosted by Emmanuel Acho, who is um, on one of my favorite sports analysis shows on TV is called Speak for Yourself. Um so I'm gonna just play a little clip from what Emmanuel Acho so on the set he had the black lady who won the bachelorette and married the white man. And then he had on the other side Lindsey Vaughn and the black guy she married from uh he plays like for the Chicago Blackhawks or something hockey. So listen to what Emmanuel Acho said and what a lack of intelligence is. When I was in college as a college athlete, if there was ever a black man dating a, a, white, a white girl, a white woman, it would be said, oh, you're with the master's daughter. Like, oh, you're, you're with like the slave master's yes. daughter. Kind of as if that was the black man's way to whip the master back, right? Like yeah. the white man is, is, is a king in his, in his palace, and you can't as a black man do anything to touch the white man in society, but you can do something. To, to, to lie with, to be with the princess. So I started thinking after I listened to that, hmm, 
And the more I researched and talked with a couple of people, black men, there are some black men who actually feel this way. Um, And so I started thinking about interracial dating and interracial marriages. So I asked some people the question, um, why would you date outside your race? And it doesn't have to be if you're a black woman. It doesn't have to necessarily be a white man. If you're a black man, it doesn't necessarily have to be a white woman. But those are the most popular interracial datings that, you know, we're aware of in our culture. Um, Actually, the most popular interracial is uh, Hispanic women and white men. That's the most popular. But when we're looking at in our culture, it's going to, of course, be black and white. Um, So in asking these questions, uh, black men were saying, well, black women don't listen. Okay. Um, Black women were saying, uh, black men, I want a man who go worship the ground I walk on. Um, and, and, you know, I've experienced this with white, white men. So I started doing some research on the numbers. Cause again, we like to deal in facts. So from 2000 to 2012, interracial marriages grew, um, almost 3%. Uh, they went up to from about, uh, 4%. I'm sorry, from 7%, almost to 10%. And then, as I said, uh, the Hispanic to non-white, Hispanic women to non-Hispanic uh, men um, is the most interracial couple. So I started looking at the the um, the diagram to see, like, all right, what regions uh, are the most interracial uh, relationships? Hawaii leads the nation at 42%. So 42% of people in Hawaii are in an interracial relationship. So I start looking at the bottom 10% of where the least amount of interracial marriages, and again, these are marriages, this doesn't take into consideration dating. Um, Where I live at, Greenville, South Carolina. So they factored in Greenville, Malden, and Anderson. We're in the bottom 10%. We actually came in at 6%. Studies show that they did a survey last year in 2020 um, where interracial marriage approval is at 94%. So previously, this was as low as like 42%. In recent years, it's gotten up to 94%. Some other facts that were thrown out is that the, the most black men who are successful, and they deem success as making 80K or higher per year, these are the most men who marry white women. Yeah. 80K or higher a year, these are the individuals who um, would be deemed successful, and they marry white women. Um, 17% of newlyweds uh, are in interracial relationships, and this is, this is nationwide. Um, in the U.S., 17% interracial relationships. And you might say, well, that's not a lot of people. Yes, it is. That's 11 million. 17% are in interracial relationships. And again, highly educated men, successful men, they're likely to interracially marry according to studies. So what I started looking at is um, I broke it down into two parts. So I broke down 
what black men were saying as far as like black women don't listen. Okay. And as I use my disclaimer at the beginning, um, by saying, Hey, I've had my share of white women. Um, I look at that, okay, it may be some truth in that, all right, that black women may not listen the way a white woman listens. But who is the message coming from? That will be my question um, to my black brothers. What type of man is the message coming from? That a woman would, A, want to listen, or would feel like, and here's the thing I found out, too. Just in my dealings, I'm not saying that I'm this relationship savant. I'm not. Um, I've had my share of relationships that have gone south, um, and I'll be the first to admit that. This is the Stand On It podcast. Um, but what I will say is this. If you are a man of character and you are a man of substance and you are a man of leadership um, a woman will follow you and will listen without you even having to really ask for that from her. Like she, that that's not something that she'll even have to, uh, you know, request from you. You know, uh, you'll have to request from her. She won't fight your instruction because she trusts you. She knows you're a man of principle. She knows your character. So my feedback for my brothers who say, Oh, black women don't listen. Hey, man, check the messenger. What kind of messenger are you? Um, so that would be my feedback on that. Um, black women who I talked to and said they wanted to be treated like a, a, a queen. Okay. Um, what kind of king traits are you putting out? And you might say, well, what does that mean? I want to be treated like a queen. Well, being treated like a queen is, are you doing queen-like things? Are you coming out of your lane, getting into the king lane, uh, wanting to be an alpha female? And if that's the case, yes. Uh, if you are dealing with an alpha male, they're not going to go for that. Um, you will be held accountable. Uh, you will be told when you're right or wrong. You're supposed to be there to compliment your man. You're not supposed to be there to... The challenge a man. Now you can give your man insight on things he might not see, but it's not your place to to be there challenging your man. Um, that's that's not what you're there to do. So I feel like, from a standpoint, and again, if you choose to be in a interracial relationship, my thing is that's that's not an issue at all. I've had this conversation with my daughter. Um, would I prefer for her to marry a brother? Absolutely. But if she marries uh, uh, outside of her race, what I've told her, you got to be ready for what come with that. Um, and what come with that, I don't think you want to live with that, you know, for the rest of your life. Um, and and that, that'll have to be another podcast. But she understands, and I've explained to her things that come along with that. But basically what I think it boils down to is the black man and the black woman who have given me that feedback and who I see, not just on people I talk to, but who've also said that um, you don't want to be held accountable, you know, and, and that goes along with a lot of things that we do in our everyday lives. When we don't want to be held accountable, we'll make excuses. Um, so I'm not going to say that I agree uh, with the black man saying, well, I do agree to a certain extent that um, 
women don't listen. I don't think it's just black women in particular. I think it's women in general won't listen. But again, who's the messenger? Got to take a look at what kind of message you're giving off. Black women, you want to be treated like a queen? You should be treated like a queen. But are you in the queen lane? You cannot move over into the king lane. Like, real kings do not like alpha females. That's not your role. You got to have your role and know what you are, are responsible for. And you got to let your man lead, you know. And so be accountable. And be able to be led, and, and, you know, I think you'll be able to find what you're looking for within your race. But, again, if you choose to date outside your race, that's completely your choice. All right, so what we're going to do now, we'll call up my guest. It's my homegirl out of Columbia, South Carolina. We're going to give her a call. We're going to ask her. Hold on. I'm going to accidentally FaceTime. We'll give her a call in. We'll ask her her thoughts on this thing. Hello. Yo. Hey. What's going on? Nothing. nothing. What's up? You sleep? No, I'm not. Okay. How's your day been? Uh, it was good. Um, no work and packing, but good overall. About the go to a restaurant or something and try to catch the game. But. Okay, okay. Hey, so I wanted to call you up. I wanted you to give me your feedback on the topic that I'm discussing tonight is interracial dating. All right, so I gave some feedback that uh, conversations I've had with a few people, um, they told me, so the black men, the common theme is, they date outside their race because black women don't listen. Um, uh. From the black women I've talked to, they say they date outside their race. The common thing was the way they're treated. They want to be treated like queens. So before you got on the call, I said that there needs to be a level of accountability on both ends. As black men, when you talk about women don't listen, you need to look and see who's the messenger. Meaning take a look at yourself. And saying if you're given a message and if you're a man of character that a woman would want to listen to, first off. And from a black woman's standpoint, you have to make sure that if you want to be treated like a queen, you're staying in a queen's lane and not being an alpha female going over into a king's lane where you're making it difficult for your man to lead you. So what's your thoughts on interracial dating? Ooh. Um, honestly, I have no problem with it. Um, like if somebody wants to, you know, date outside their race, I feel like you you do that. Me personally, I've never really thought or can see myself possibly dating outside my race. <laughs> okay, why? <laughs> but I have nothing nothing against it. I feel like love is love. And who you love is who you love. Okay. And I can't stop that. You know, what you do don't really affect me, you know, in any way. So you do what you got to do. I can dig it. So let me ask you this. Um, those two those two uh, responses that I, I gave that I got feedback on, would you agree with those? Like from a man's aspect of him saying, if a man told you, if you asked a man, 
hey, I like you, like, I, uh, are y'all talking and, you, and you're trying to see where it's going? And he's like, yeah, I really only date white women. Um, mm. And you asked him why, and he told you because they listen. Black women don't listen. What would your response to him be? What are you saying to them? Okay. Honestly, what are you portraying? Like, saying somebody don't listen. Mm. I'm sorry, that kind of <laughs> took me a step back. Like, hold on, I'm saying that nobody listening, but. That puts you on the spot. Right, definitely so. Um, wasn't expecting that at all, but. I mean, it's all about what you're what you're saying to me. What are you talking about? Like, are we talking about building stuff? Like, if you're still like trying to withhold information, I really don't know what we're really speaking about. So I feel like if you are, if y'all thoughts and you know things are aligned with each other, you won't have that issue. Let me ask you this: So take interracial relationships out of the equation. Has a man ever said to you, you don't listen? Personally, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Nah. All right. So you ain't never heard yeah. that, that you don't listen. That's that's a compliment. You might have to drop your uh <laughs> your social media after this because it's probably going to be some bro. <laughs> listen. <laughs> I, I feel like we both can listen. And when somebody is talking to me, whether it's a man or it's a female, anybody, it's just all about being receptive. So mm-hmm. I want to know, like, what's going on with you. So if you got something going on, I would want you to come feel comfortable enough to come and talk to me about that. I feel like you really, if you are always defensive or always over-talking somebody, nobody going to want to deal with you like that. Okay. It's a two-way street with that. So, no, I'm not hard. <laughs> all right. I, I, listen. I want to listen because I want to know you. If that makes sense. You're a rare breed. You're a rare breed. Nah, I'm just playing. But anyway, <laughs> let me ask you this. So, have you had any conversations with your homegirls, or have you been around, or if you were around a woman who said, um, I think, and I've heard women say this all the time, I think I'm about to try white men. Um, <laughs> what would your response be to that if they like, yeah, I want to be treated like a queen? Like, how, how would you respond to that? I would tell her to go for what she want to go for, but, you know, don't try to make it seem like there aren't, you know, our type of men out there that have that or have that ability to do that for you. If you want to test the water, cool, but you don't have to put down, you know, our brothers because everybody ain't playing. You just haven't ran into that person. Right. I would agree. Um, I think that's one of the things that is happening with relationships. Like sometimes you bring the damage from a previous relationship or you'll let your interaction with maybe one or two people just, um, you know, kind of cloud your, your viewpoint of your current situation. And you can't do that. My therapist helped me to see that. Like you got to be able to just shut that part off. And if you say you start a new, you got to really start a new. So, yeah, but definitely. I agree with that 100%.
Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I told you I wouldn't go hold you long. Just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I appreciate you being special guest. You want to drop your social media where people can follow you at, or you just like, nah, I'm going to stay low-key? <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah. a real thug out here in these streets now. Hey, man. <laughs> If you if you want to drop it, just shoot me a, a text, and I'll put it in. When I put the episode out, I'll add it to the uh, episode. Okay, I'll do that. All right, I appreciate you. All right, have a good one. All right, you too. All right, bye. Yeah, so some interesting feedback there. She has never had a man tell her that she doesn't listen, um, which is amazing. Um, so good for her. On that front But Again What I want to highlight Make sure And she kind of highlighted The same thing um, What kind of message Are you You giving um, You got to be a right messenger For somebody to want to listen to you That's just how it goes And it It's not just Tied to relationships That's with anything You got to be A good messenger So In closing We're going to leave y'all With this thought When uh, Emmanuel Acho On the show Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. He asked the uh the the black lady who won the Bachelorette, um, you know, about her decision to date outside of her race. This is how she closed it out. I had to say, you know what, my journey of love can't be any different just because the color of my skin is. And people can't judge me for picking someone who doesn't look like me. Like I, I feel like they expect me to pick someone who looks just like me, but that's not fair. They should just want me to fall in love with whoever it is that I vibe with. You know, I Yo, so again, however you choose to conduct yourself, um, it's completely up to you. But just make sure with whatever you're doing, um, that it's something that you're comfortable with. And again, whatever decision you Make, make sure it's a decision that you can stand on Because on this show, we stand on it So I thank you for tuning in with us tonight Hopefully you enjoyed the show um, I want to keep bringing you dope content that we could talk about um, Some real things to get get the, the wheels to turning in the middle So that we're just not filling our brains with the same stuff over and over again Celebrity gossip, all of that stuff But but real stuff that we can relate to. If you want to submit content for the show, if you want to be on the show, um, make sure you email standonitpod at gmail.com. Remember, I'm not creating a social media. The goal is to get away from social media. Also, in closing, as I've told you, and I'm going to remind you of this every single week, energy is real, but everyone don't possess real energy. Watch and control your surroundings. We out.